And welcome back to the show. In today's episode, I have retired Chief Warrant Officer Lou Colazzo, who is the Senior Naval Science Instructor at Campbell High School for the NJROTC program there. And I started asking him questions about the program, and we just get talking and chit-chatting, and it's a good conversation. Uh, learned a lot about the NJROTC program and every not I wouldn't say everything, but a lot of what it entails. And I think if you're uh, going into retirement and you want to hold on to a little bit of Navy, uh, this might not be a bad program for you, especially if you like to pass down the legacy of, of service. So hope you enjoy it. Uh, thank you for listening. And welcome, Lou, to the Bravo Zulu podcast. And we just uh, had to interrupt our off mic conversation so we could get this going because we're starting to get get a get some good conversation going, yep. right? Oh, right. So, um, you know, we, we uh, I interrupted what you were saying. I'm sorry, but you were talking about you wanting to start your own podcast and what were, what was leading you to it and into your students. Right, right, because um, so I, your profession right now is. Oh, go go ahead and just give us a little bit of your background as much as you want, and then what your what your profession is now that you're doing. Okay, sounds good. Well, my profession now is being old, but anyway, that's besides the point. <laughs> I, I'm originally I was born and raised in New York, the Bronx. Uh, graduated from high school in New Jersey, North Bergen High School, in New Jersey, in 1978. Joined the Navy in 1977, delayed entry program, junior year. Uh, I went to boot camp a week after graduation, June of uh, 78, uh, boot camp. Uh, when I joined the Navy, in fact, when I joined the Navy, I went and undesignated. They had this fancy name for it, Seaman Airman Program, right? <laughs> so you see that, ah, that sounds sexy, man. Yeah. So I really could, I'll try that out. And uh, I got the boot camp. I did really good in the ASVAB, well. got a 50. Uh, at that time, I had no idea what that meant. But uh, yeah, go, go through boot camp. I had one year of Navy JROTC at the high school. The reason I only had one year is because they just started my senior year, and I was the XO, the executive officer. So when I got to boot camp, they put me as the number two guy. And I, I wasn't number one because the guy was prior service. He was an Army guy. So I was the number two guy, the AR POC. Uh, and then through the middle boot camp, they asked me, well, uh, what, what do you, you want to school or do you want to be promoted to seaman? I said, well, yeah, I like that school. I like to have photographers, mate, because I, I love photography. Oh, okay. So, so you know, I, I go through this stuff, and he goes, you can't have photography because you're partially colorblind. You failed the failing. The failing is the number in the circles mm-hmm. with all the okay. numbers. Yep, yep. I, look at, I can't see no damn number, and they yell at me. What's <laughs> <laughs> the damn thing, man? So they told me I couldn't do that or any electronics aviation. Okay, Roger that. So uh, what, what are you offering me? So he goes, uh, CTR, CTT. I think IS and uh, and something else. I don't remember. So I go, CT, what is that? Well, we can't tell you. It's classified. Okay, I'll take it. And I had to do a Morse code aptitude test, you know, so I can show that I can uh, copy Morse code and and uh, stick it, you know, write it down as did, I heard it. Did you the, know Morse code? Or I had you? no clue, man. Oh, okay. No <laughs> the letter I and the N and the T, did da, did and da. Right. So say, they go slow. Yeah, I got this piece of cake. Then it goes like real quick, like, you know, 18, 20 groups per minute. So I don't know what I got, but say, hey, you, you qualify for CTT. Uh, back then, CTT became later on in 90 CTR. OK, the CTTs are electronic warfare EWs and the CT, CTRs are the, the, the signal intelligence uh, creepy guys. 
So I said, sure, no problem. So I finished boot camp. I had a blast when I finished boot camp. I said, I'm doing 30, man. I I, I like this stuff. Okay. So okay. I uh, went to, uh, came home for two weeks leave, went to Pensacola, Florida. It was in September 14th, 1978. Uh, I remember that day because then I put in a chit. That's when we were allowed to have beards. Oh. You know? So okay. I was styling so you, a beard. You were all the way back then having a beard. Oh, yeah. You, you weren't even thought of, man. No, I wasn't. <laughs> you weren't even. Shit, my oldest even. brother, who's the firstborn, was barely being thought of. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, I was styling a beard. You know, I look at old pictures of me when I had a beard. I said, man, I look kind of Talibanish there. <laughs> but I was looking good, you know. I was looking, uh, you know, uh, Latino, Middle Eastern. But anyway, so I went through, through this school. I, I went to the school, graduated May 78. My first tour of duties, rode to Spain. And, and I was pretty awesome. I, I did well there. I did some, some, some uh, it was just short duty, nothing fancy, but we had, I, I did get to do some good stuff. Um, after that, they gave me a C school, went to Pensacola for like three months of school. And I hate math, man. I suck at math and I hate math. So what they do, they send me to school where I've got to learn this crazy math, you know, like uh, scientific notations, dimensional analysis. And I said, Oh my Lord, but I did well. And then after that, I went to Okinawa, did Okinawa three years, and then after that, uh, I said, I want to stay in Japan. I like this. It's pretty cool because I, I always had a thing about uh, Asia uh, when I was a kid in high school. I took martial arts. I was doing the Bruce Lee craze, you right, know, okay. so everybody wants to learn, and everybody wants to learn martial arts. So I want to stay. I want, I want to stay in Japan. So they say, I said, can I go somewhere else in Japan? How about Misawa? I said, yeah, where's that? Oh, Northern Japan and stuff. But you got to do subs. You got to go. It's called direct support. So I went back to the States, to Connecticut, get uh, for a sub school. Did that? Came back. Did three years. Did a couple of subs out of out of Japan. The uh, was it? My first one was La Jolla. Uh, next one, San Francisco to Portsmouth. So you're and, actual uh, on board the sub, like right. ships company, boat company, submariner. Yeah, I wasn't PCS. It was TAD. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Just TAD. Okay. <laughs> Just go out there and uh, poke holes in the water and then come back home, which was pretty good. And about you know, I I'd already had I haven't ma- hadn't mastered the Japanese language, but I I, I knew enough that. I wouldn't get slapped, right? So I can go out and kind of use my Japanese and not get slapped. So I was safe. So I was like, are you fluent Japanese? Yes, I am. I'm pretty darn good. I don't get slapped. So after Misawa, uh, they said, what do you want to do? Instructor duty. So I went back to Pensacola, instructor duty. And of course, they gave me the school that had the math. So I had to teach that. So I, I was what? Uh, let's see, 82, 85, 85, 88, 88 to 90, I was in Pensacola. So and okay. then... Uh, since I also speak Spanish, my first language is Spanish because my family's in Puerto Rico and I happen to be a New Yorker, so I speak Spanglish. So uh, when I was in Pensacola, I got this call from a friend of mine. He goes, hey, Lou, we got a special project up in D.C. You speak Spanish. Uh, you want to do kind of, narc- kind of narcotics and all that. I said, wow, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'll go. So I got, they short toured me out of Pensacola. I went up to, uh, uh, up to D.C., worked at Pentagon. I did that for two years, then another year. At the Commander Naval Security Group, what is now 10th Fleet. The old 10th Fleet used to be Comnet Secru up in Nebraska Avenue. So I did that for a year, and it was pretty much a suck ass uh, uh, tour duty there. I, mm-hmm. I'm not a politician, I don't play politics, and it was rough for me. And I had just made chief, you know, I just put on chief September 16, 1990, uh, when I got up there. So it was like pretty miserable because uh, I don't play, I'm not into the politics game. So I had a hard time uh, dealing with that culture shock. So I said, you know, I, I need something. I, I need to do something to boost my career because I know if I stay here, uh, I, I'm not going anywhere. I, I won't make eight or, or, or my 
my dreams of becoming an officer, it's not going to happen. So the detailer says, Lou, where you want to go? You can go anywhere you want. I said, really? Say where you want to go, you, wherever you want. You want short duty, whatever. That, that must have been the good old days. Oh, no, it's because of the duty that I had, that the special yeah. duty that I had. So the one of the bennies out of it because I was working with big wigs. Yeah. That. So I said, I want to ship. And of course he looked at me cross-eyed. You want to ship? I said, yeah, I want to ship. And I want in Japan, I want forward deployed. Well, geez, it just happens that I've got the, the mobile bay open. So I had orders to the mobile bay, uh, mobile bay a year in advance. Nice. So left in 93, uh, went to Yoko in 93 in Yoko. I did uh, mobile bay bunker hill then shore duty. Left there in 02, came to Hawaii, uh, did a tour up at Nyok, uh, at Nyok, uh, up here in Hawaii. And then uh, I was CO for the uh, Defense Corridor Service, service at Hickam. And then my Twilight Tour, you ready for this one, was IA in Afghanistan. So my Twilight Tour was uh, a tour in Afghanistan embedded with the Army 101st Counter IED. So, uh, so, so that you was, volunteered that was for that one, though. You, you rogered up for that? Yeah. Just, just for one last hoo-yah? Or... Yeah, well, well, no, what happened with that, when I was at the DCS, and DCS, that really was my Twilight Tour. I had hit 30, oh. right? And that was in 2008. So I had put in my papers to retire, and the detailer was one, used to be one of my sailors on, the, on the, the mobile bay. And he went LDO, and he just happened to be my detailer. So he goes, hey, Lou, they screwed up the NDAA, the National Defense uh, Authorization Act. They put in there... For Navy commission, they made it the same as the army. Cause what the army does when you're enlisted and you go into the officer side, become a Mustang, your counter starts all over again. All right. So you, if say you did 20 as enlisted and then you become an officer in the army, your counter starts all over. So you can do 30 if you want, or another 20 as an officer. I said, you seriously goes, yeah, what do you want to do? You, you want to still retire? Or you want me to pull your, your paper? I said, damn, pull them papers, man, pull them papers. I want to stay <laughs> For a couple of reasons. One, uh, you know, I wanted to commission my daughter while on active duty and maybe squeeze in uh, a tour with her. And then I was up for five at the time as well, City Real Five. So and he goes, you know, you do this, but you know they're going to change it at any time. So just be ready. I say, Roger that. So uh, what do you want? I say, well, the only thing I've got left is IA. So I'll take the IA to, to Afghanistan, but I, I, I want, the, want the tour as long as I'm back to commission my daughter. Other than that, it's a no-go. And he goes, sure, no problem. So long story short, I got that. I made it back before uh, my daughter was, uh, so I could commission her. And uh, at that time, what was it? Uh, that was 08, 09. January 09, they retired me. They put me on a retiree list, right? So I actually had orders that were road, retired on active duty. I mean, no lie. Okay, I was retired on active duty. I was retained to the end of the fiscal year. And they put me on a retiree list, but it took me also out of the promotion uh, cycle. Right. Right. So the chance of being CW5 was already gone, but I was okay. I was grateful, you know, that I was able to serve uh, as long as I did. So with the delayed entry program and everything for longevity, I did 32. So it gives you what? 80%, 80% of your base pay when you retire. Yeah. Right. Of course, you know, I'm looking as a crippy, you know, I could have gone work with the contractors and I did, I got picked up with one of L3C, one of the companies and I would have stayed here and, and worked on the Island. And I said, yeah, that's pretty good. They offered me 90,000 piece of cake, easy day. You know, before I retired, I make sure my clearance and everything polygraph was good to go. But when you go to the civilian side of the house, you got to do it all over again. Right. So I did all the paperwork. He goes, okay, we got, we'll set you up for a policy. Roger that piece of cake. So that was like, you know, I retired September 1st of 09. 
and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I said, you know, I got to find something. And I had already applied for the Navy General TC program when I was in Afghanistan because I was applying for everything, troops, the teachers, J- and General TC, and then uh, the contractor. So the job just happened to open up at Campbell High School, high school here in Eba, and I applied. And, that, you know, I got it, and I started January 10th of 2010, right? So, and then, of course— so what what was your your drawing factor? Because that's one thing I really want to ask about. Because um, it's pretty intriguing to me, and and a few of the episodes, if you've listened to them, I'm trying to like hit on different things that different retirees or previous you know service members do besides the same old contractor GS work. And you know when um, Christina and, and Nikki both said that you, you're in, in JROTC instructor, I was like, oh wow! Like, w- w- I only know one other person that has done that. I was like, what? Well, what did they do? And I know they're like, okay, you know, in, in my day, they're the ones teaching the little nerds in the uniform a couple of days a week, you know. But it's like, you know, now being in this military side, it's like, well, what is that? What does that all entail? What are the benefits of it? And then also, like, how does one become? that instructor and, and and then more personally for you, what was the drawing factor for you? Was it just, you know, trying to get the next officer ready? Was it, you know, I have a passion for training. I love training, right. On board ships, whether it's training in my rate LS, you know, old school SK, or uh, I really love DC training, right. Whatever the training is, I love it. I just love training. But so was it some, it was all of that, a little bit of that. What was it for you that really brought you into that? you know, NJROTC. Is it because that's where you started yourself? Yeah. In fact, yes, because I did not maybe JROTC while I was in high school in, in Jersey. And then when I was in Yoko, I would help out the unit there. You know, so I was talking to Commander Mode, who's the, the, the senior naval science instructor in Yoko, and he goes, you're pretty good at this. You should try. I said, yeah, I've been thinking about it. But, you know, I, that, you know, you think about it at that time, I had like 20 some years. I still still had uh some gas and mileage left in, in my tank. So I, I wasn't really getting serious until I got out. You know, like I said, a year out, I applied while I was in Afghanistan and my current boss is the one that did the, uh, he's the one that did the, uh, the interview for me. Right. But I wanted it. I really wanted to do it. And it worked out that way because there, there are many reasons, but the main one is I want to pay back. Okay. And the reason say, I say that, that I want to pay back. I always tell people, Live your life with this without regrets or with very little regrets. And the only regret I have in life is I never went back to to the recruiter, senior chief Andy Mandrake. He passed, you know, when I was in, in Honolulu at the DCS in Hickam. I wanted to thank him. I wanted to reach out and say, hey, senior chief, thank you so much. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have turned out to be the man I am today. Okay. So I looked him up and everything and he had passed. And this guy was amazing. He, he was. He was. He was on. He was here at Pearl Harbor. He was on the Helena during the attack, and he was on another ship that was uh, sunk during the Battle of Coral Sea. Wow! You know, so this guy was was a war hero, and he yeah. used to tell us the stories back in the seventies and stuff. You know, and he was a bosun's mate, and you know we had Saturday school, but he took care of me to make sure that I would succeed. And I wanted to go back and say thank you, but and I never got that chance. So that's kind of a regret that I never got the opportunity to go back and say, senior chief, thanks. So my way of saying thanks to him is doing the Navy JROTC and preparing, you know, our future leaders, you know, uh, you're taking these kids, molding them 
So that when they go out there in life, life after high school, they could go out there and do great things, you know, get that mental toughness, you know, go out there and set their goals, achieve their goals, and do not let anything stop them. Hey, if you fail, you get back up and you keep going, move forward, you know? So that's one of the, the major things why I wanted to do it. I wanted to pay back. And when I got the job uh, over here at, uh, at Ever Beach, I was ecstatic, you know, say, Ooh, Rob, man, I'm going out there. You know, I'm a crusty one officer. And, <laughs> you know, and that's another story. If you want to hear that, I'll tell you that the culture shock of going from military to civilian. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and that, Oh, I'd be more than happy. I, I got stories, buddy. I got, you know, these are like, <laughs> no shit, man. Okay. But uh, you know, I got the job. I was excited. You know, I got my uniforms and, and, and looking sharp and everything. So I got the job, and then when I took over in January 2010, you know, I come in there like a, a, a Marine Corps DI. Ah! Everybody sit down. <laughs> I was like hardcore man. I was coming in. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna rip your face off. You know, I'm like major pain. You know, I th- because here you are. You got this freaking mentality. You think you're still active duty, man. You yeah, know, yeah. Not, not, you know, this, I've been in there 11 years, going on 12 years. And you know, I look back and say, man, what a chucklehead. <laughs> you, know? you can't come in there. These are teenagers, man. Yeah. They're going to look at, oh, you scaring the crap out of me, man. I just peed myself. And you, and you can't. So, you know, it took me six months to go through the culture shock. One, to, to back off and remember, hey, you're no, no, you're no longer the chief warrant officer on the ship, the boat or whatever. You're just Luke Colazzo, the teacher, man. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not that... Uh, out in the fleet kind of guy. So they're not sailors. The- they're not sailors yet. You don't have to treat yeah. them, talk to them like sailors. They're still just kids, like in yeah. in the real yeah. world, kids. Not not in the sense of kids in the navy. You know where they're adults and they're but they're brand new to the navy and they're learning. They're like yes. really just babies. So do you what teach? You know, man, te- yeah, between fourteen and years. Okay, old. okay. So you teach from freshman to senior, all, all, the right. whole the, the whole thing. The whole gamut, and I'll tell you what, what the, a little bit more, Gerald. To see after I tell you this story, so so this is still on the culture shock. So I was in there, you know, looking sharp in my khakis and stuff. So I'm standing, hey, good morning, how you doing? Morning, sunshine, everything. So this big Samoan kid, you know, you've been out to Hawaii, oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it's huge, man. I mean, I love him, but it was huge. I said, hey, bro, how you doing? And I, and I said, hey, good morning, how you doing? And he goes, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> I'm, from, I'm from New York, right? I'm from New York, and I said. Shit, do what you got to do. I don't see no anchor t- stuck to your ass. Do what you got to do. And he's playing the ukulele, yeah? Uh, so he's playing and he looks at me and just keeps walking by. Oh, you all have a nice day now. And he came back. And after that, we, we did have a bond. He was not He was not in the unit. But we had a bond. So he told me about his family and he was having a hard time. You all right? You doing okay? Yeah. You know how they go? Yes, mister. And all yeah. that stuff. And I hate when they go, mister. I said, it's Mr. Colazzo, Mr. C. Never mister. My parents gave me a name. Yeah, you know, so I, I, uh, because I guess probably because I stood up and didn't tolerate none of the crap, and I bet he was surprised that I even talked back to him like that. But uh, you know, we we formed a bond. I don't know what he's doing to this day if if, if he's gone to school or whatever. And then there was another student. I asked him. It was in a unit. I asked him to to pick something up to, to do sweepers or whatever, and he goes, "F you." I said, "What?" Because again, New York thing. You know, I want to reach down his throat and pull out his windpipe, and you can't do that. <laughs> Ah, Lou, relax. You can't do that. Be nice to the kids. I say, Roger that. Okay. So then, you know, call the parents up and do, do whatever I had to do. But after that, you know, I think a lot of it had to do because of the way I came in. I, I set, I set the stage. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, you know, I come in hard, they get defensive and they say, you know, kids can be, you know, you ain't going to tell me what you do. You're, you're, some, you're some old fart man type of thing. But, you know, went through, 
you know, I got myself together and the kids saw that, saw that. And I explained that to them, you know, because I don't want to tell them, you know, do this, do that, because it's the best thing. I want to be the example. Hey guys, I screwed up. When I came here, I did this. I shouldn't have done it. I apologize. Uh, so I know better. So we get back on track and we do what we got to do. Once you did that, then you got buy-in. Yeah. You got buy-in from, from, from the kids, which, which is pretty neat. Now you were asking about the Navy JROTC. It's a pretty awesome program because its main purpose is citizenship development. It's to prepare kids for life after high school. So what does that entail? Well, of course, you know, the academics, the naval science, and it goes NS1 through 4, first, second, third, fourth year. But it's more to build the self-confidence, you know, to build the dif- discipline, to go out there and have the courage to do things in life and not be scared, to step up to the challenge, right? You know, even simple things as manners, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. You know, some of the chivalry type of things that you, you and Nikki were talking about, not the submissive stuff, you know, but the, the things about being polite, not just to, to the opposite sex, but to everybody, hold the door and things like that. It's pretty sad. I've got, I've got to teach all that. But pretty much the program is designed to, to make them better people. And we do be, and do, we do very well. And I don't push the military because Navy JROTC is not a recruiting program. By law, we're not, we are not allowed to recruit. We're a citizenship development program. Oh, wow. So the purpose, it, yeah, it, it is. So we don't recruit. I mean, we'll help you out with ASVAB and things like yeah. that. To prepare. But I don't push the military. But so it's not because that's one thing I thought it kind of always was, you know, even watching the kids when I was in high school go through it. I thought it was more like of a direct ascension kind of thing. Right. You, you went through this in high school and then your next logical step was always. And like I, I was never friends with any of them, so I, I had no idea. But it's just like, oh, well, you did this for four years. You must be going to the military. Right. Like you must be. You must be going to academy, uh, JROTC at a university, military university, something. Right. But again, I had no idea. The military in my life was the last option when, when I did, went to, into the debt program and everything. So those kids, I, I didn't talk to those kids. I had no idea. And I'm just learning about it, you know, through you. And I said, I know one other senior chief retired that uh, teaches up here, but I've never asked him about it either. But, um, it's, that's interesting that it's not, so you don't, there's no pushing of military like, hey, what branch are you joining after this or nothing like that at all, huh? No, not at all. We'll ask them, hey, what are you going to do uh, after high school? And I'll push the military. I'll say, you need to join the military. What do you want to do? Do something. Yeah. Go out and conquer the world. You want to go to college? You want to go to academies? You want to join the military? Shoot. You want to work at McDonald's, Starbucks, or Burger King, whatever it is that you want to do, but do something. Make it a career. Yeah. All right? Go out there and conquer the world, whatever your dream is, man. If you want to work on cars, you, you want to call and every whatever, but get out there and do it and, and do, do the best that you can. Give it 110%. Now, granted, a lot of these kids do end up joining the military because they like the structure. Yeah. You know, getting up in the morning, drilling, PT on Friday, you know, because we start class at 0700. You know, we have it before, more, before school. It's a zero period. So 0700 for seven, till 755 year long, they come in. And uh, it's academics Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, academics, Wednesday's uh, uniform day and drill. And Friday at 545 in the morning, 545 in the morning, we do PT from 06 to 07. And then 07 to 08, they go hygiene time, have breakfast, and they get ready for first period at 8 o'clock. They like that. Yeah. They like yeah. And these kids are weird. They like PT. I can honestly say mm-hmm. during PT, I have 100% attendance. That's awesome. I can do that, you know? So more than commands are getting out of here. Even Pre-COVID. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
post-COVID, it, it's a challenge, man. You know, it's a challenge because those are the things we can't do anymore, sadly. Uh, PT, you know, we'll do PT, but it, it's all virtual. So yeah. the first, when we started yeah. off, we, we did Zumba. Kids enjoyed that. And then I've got my athletics off. So he comes up with different things because he's planning to go to military. So he, uh, he's, he applied for the Naval Academy and ROTC. So he's planning to do that. So he's pretty much in shape. So he'll do different things with the kids. And we we, we switch it up. And that's a you student? Know? That's your athletic officer? He's a student, like a senior or something? Yes. Okay. The, the program. The program's run by kids. We're oh. just adult supervision. The kids run the program. So we have a chain of command. We have a COXO command chief or command mass chief, right? And then I got department heads. So I've got my admin. I got my admin, operation, supply, uh, maintenance of facilities, and then computers for my cyber patriot. And then I've got the, you know, the, the what do you call it? Team captains for like armed drill, unarmed drill. Uh, I call it the Saber SEAL team. Those are the guys that like doing things like uh, rope bridging and uh, orienteering, stuff like that. So we got different programs. So this job pretty much is a job for everybody. Uh, but they run the program. The kids do the whole thing. And then this year, you know, I did a podcast with the principal this morning. I'm going to share that with you so I can get feedback. During the – every year we have, we go through – an. Uh, an inspection. It's AMI annual military inspection. And every other year it's supposed to be by our area 13 manager. In my case is captain Winston. great man. And, uh, and then the other years, a local officer would come inspect, but we had it this year. Captain couldn't fly out because of COVID and all that. So the kids stepped up, you know, they stepped up and we did very well. In fact, we were the first school out of the shoot for area 13 to do the AMI virtually. So we pretty much set the standard. You know, but the kids stepped up and they did an amazing job. They're still volunteering. They're still doing things. Uh, the principal trusts the kids so much uh, and the unit so much that he allows us on a Saturday to come out. Uh, if the kids want to come out and practice drill, because one of the things we're trying to do is uh, pl- uh, perform at nationals in Pensacola, but it's virtually. You know, oh, okay, so our yeah. drill team, uh, arm drill team, unarmed drill team, color guard, PT, and academics. So the principal said, Lou, you, you got it. Because he knows we're going to do the right thing. You know, the kids come yeah. in, I take the temp, they got permission forms, they do this this other survey and all that. So he knows that I've got his back and I'm going to take care of the kids and I'm always going to do the right thing because the right thing to do. So pretty much principal and a lot of teachers and faculties love the kids because if you need something, the kids will step up and do it. That's one. Two, if you're walking around campus, the well-behaved, the well-mannered ones, they're my kids. And everybody knows them. Oh, you're in JROTC, right? You're in Mr. C's class and Mr. Colazzo's class. Uh, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. You know, so it, it, uh, it rubs off. So the kids, the teachers love the kids because th- that's the dream kids that they want in their classes. Yeah. Have you those, seen those, like an increase from when you started? Because you say you've been doing it, what now? Uh, about 11, 10, years. 11 years now. So has there been an increase in participation for the program? Like when you started, was it kind of like, where, where was the level of it? Was it kind of, you know, crappy program, you know, so to say, was it, was it thriving? And since you've joined, has it taken off, gotten better, improved, stayed the same? You know, what, what, what measurements do you use of the program or against it's, the program? It's always been a strong program. I, okay. I had a cap of 200 when I first got here. Right. So now the school's gone into uh, academies. If you're not familiar with academies, it's like a pipeline. Okay. You know, if you want to go into business, you go into this pipeline. Uh, if you want to go in culinary or CTE, uh, you go this pipeline. So it's like a college thing, 
right? So that took a, took away a lot of the kids because the freshmen and sophomores, mainly freshmen, cannot take a, an elective because there's other stuff they got to take mm-hmm. the freshman sophomore year. So majority of those kids come during zero period, the seven o'clock to eight o'clock. So I went from 200 to 165. I mean, I'm still good, but the numbers dropped because uh, the, the gates are, uh, became partially closed because when they went to academics and then they went the different route, uh, the school did because they want the kids to be focused in a certain area right. uh, and, and go a certain path based on what they want to do in life. So in fact, everybody's wrestling for, for numbers, you know, AP, AP classes, IB classes. So everybody's out there marketing. Hey, go with us. We're good. Join us. We're good. And we're like a universal academy because we take kids from all the academies. Right. So for me, you know, we got to go out there market and I got to talk to parents and do my, uh, my, my sales pitch to get people, the to, to kids to, to join us. And we do, we, we don't, I was surprised. I was expecting numbers to drop during COVID and, and they went good. The first quarter, the first semester was uh, over 165. Those, those, the marketing that you're going to, is that to just within the school or is that like out actually like into the community where you're saying, Hey, have your kid join in JROTC. It, it's, it's both. It, it's both really? because Obviously, you want your organic kids to the kids that are already in the school. Mm-hmm. But we go to the feeder schools, Elima and Eva Mackay. Those are the feeder schools to, to, to Campbell High School, right? So we'll, okay. we'll go out there and, and, you know, bring the teams out there and the kids love it. And we'll get those kids that are interested. You know, they're already interested. They already know about JLTC, so they'll join. Uh, Congress just authorized, in fact, last year to allow us for schools that are co-located with us, meaning walking distance with the high school, uh, to embed them or have them join and JROTC at the eighth grade level, right? So the only school that I can, Elima, which is right next to Campbell High School, uh, right now I'm currently working on that initiative to get eighth graders to be part of a Navy JROTC. And of course, it only be zero period because their periods do not match up with the high school. You know, right. we're, we're four by four and uh, Elima is by whatever I think is like three, three uh or three three schedules per day or whatever, three classes or whatever per day, I'm not sure. So it doesn't match up. So the only time would be early in the morning, the seven o'clock to eight o'clock. So I'm still do, working on the, you know, the con op uh, to make it work. And then once I get that that going, then I've got to go up to all the way to DOE and get their blessing because, you know, you have to, have to do course numbers and how we're going to do grades and, and attendance. If they bless it, you know, the kids get college, not college, but they get high school credit. Oh, wow. Because they'll be treated like a, a freshman. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll be a first year. So when they come to high school as a freshman, they'll, they'll, they'll actually go into the NS2, the second year class. Right. So we go we go out to, to everybody, so, uh, internal, organic, and and external to the school. The um, We, we kind of talked about why, what motivated you to do it. What are the qualifications for it? Because that's another thing where, you know, talking to Nikki about it, where because she was the first one that told me, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, Christina's dad, he does that. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool, you know, like, because, again, like for myself, I do not want to do the same old, same old in retirement. I really don't. I I really just want to be a stay at home dad. But I don't I don't want to go working back at 32nd Street with all the supply guys. And and I, I just don't, you know, if you do cool, but I don't. And, um, so I'm, I'm like, part of this is like, I'm looking for people that have different things going for them. And like I said, I really thought it was cool that what you're doing, but what are the qualifications? 
Right. I, I know it's not as easy as like, hey, I was a retired warrant. I was a retired chief. I was retired this. I want to right. teach kids military stuff and, and military etiquette and military bearing. So what are some of the qualification standards for it? It's not hard at all. You know, if anything, it's all the paperwork you got to do. So the big thing is you got to be within one year of your retirement. OK, so if you're within one year of your retirement, you can, you go onto their website, the NGRLTC. I think it's NGRLTC.Navy.Mil. And you go out there and it has all the forms and everything you got to do. Uh, get the forms, get the picture. And hopefully you, you decide to do it. You contact me. I'll do your interview, instructor interview, which is a piece of cake. And you send a package out and it, uh, the board meets twice a year. Uh, let me see. I want to say November and March, if I remember correctly, of every year. And the board gets together at Pensacola, Florida, and they go through your record. And they look at your evals. They look at your statement. They look at the, your picture, everything you submitted. And they'll look and make sure that you don't have any major NJP type of thing, you know, like murder, why, <laughs> type of stuff. You know, if you had an NJP or something when you were young, that, that's really no big deal because you can use that as an exp- as experience to, when you teach the kids. Right. But, you know, if you're a chief or CDC math chief or, you know, lieutenant, lieutenant commander, commander, and you, you got busted for DUI, forget about it, man. Don't even bother putting it in your package. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's pretty easy to get in. Once you get certified, that's one part of the certification. It's your responsibility to find a school that, that, uh, that'll that hire you. And that's on the page to look like, say you want to stay in San Diego, so you will look at the Area 11. So you look for schools in that area somewhere that's looking for an NSI, Naval Science Instructor, because you have a Senior Naval Science Instructor, and those are the officers, and the okay. NS, NSI are, are pretty much just uh, – Senior enlisted, E6 on up. And uh, so you apply, you look for it, you apply for the job at the school, and if they select you, uh, they'll do their paperwork so you get paid and everything. And then you start off, it depends on the SNSI, how they run their unit at their school. But if so, so, suppose I, I get you in my unit, I get blessed to have you in my unit in one of the positions, because I have three instructors, myself and two other, a Marine and another chief, uh, to get in there. So I tell you, all right. Josh, this is what you got to do. There's your desk. Take care of the kids. Uh, the curriculum, you know, come July, you got to go to new instructor orientation training in San Diego. Oh, and by the way, I'll be your instructor. You'll be in San Diego for a week. <laughs> so I'll see you. Everything I'm telling you now, you will hear it again, but this, they'll be accompanied by PowerPoint. Um, you know, and I'll take care of you. Make sure you're, you're getting paid. All that stuff's getting done. And then uh, I give you some tips. I give you what you need to do. And you go out and teach the kids, whatever schedule I put you on. You're either going to be the second year, first year, or second year, because I handle the juniors and seniors. Okay. So uh, right now I got my master guns, Marine. He, he's my NS1. He, so he's got about 60 kids in his class. I got a chief, former recruiter. He, he, he does the second year. Then I've got the third and fourth. So we handle them. Zero period. All, all of us are on the podium with 140 kids. So in the morning, we have 140 kids between the three of us online. So I would throw you in there. You know, I, obviously, I partner up with the instructor. Uh, and that's one part of the job. Then the other one, of course, the admin. You always got to do some friggin' admin, and that's one of the things. But it is what it is. So you'll have to learn how to do one is WAF. That's where you put it to, to, to your travel claims and stuff like that. The other one is the CDMS. CDMS is the supply and some other admin stuff. So that's where you would put the kids in. And when you issue uniforms, that's what keeps track of what uniforms the kids are being uh, given. It's also where they put the money, where the Navy, Big Navy puts the money for you to purchase your uniforms or pay for the buses go for an orienteering trip or, or whatever else that they, they, they give you. It comes through there. So there's like check and balances for, uh, for appropriated funds. Um, 
And then you've got to do a second part to your certification that are f- five college courses on teaching. And then uh, it's all on, uh, on your own. You, you got the books. You can go. I came in the university that, that does it. I'll find out and I can let you know. But as one of school, if you need to get a, a degree, they'll help you to make sure you get, uh, get college credit for it. But it's all book and you do it on your place on, you know, um, on how to teach classes, pretty much how to be a teacher. So you know? to, from the jump, though, you don't need to have a teaching degree or a bachelor's or anything like that from the beginning? Okay. Uh, you get certified with the Navy to teach, but uh, you have five years to get your associate's degree for, for, for the associate, for uh, the NSIs, right? Officers, uh, SNSIs uh, need, a, need a bachelor's. Uh, and, and being, like you said, so being a SNI, a senior Naval science instructor, those are for officers anyways. You're going to have a degree. Right, right. Not, right. But not necessarily LDO. Okay, okay. All right, yeah. So, but then your Naval science instructors, your your enlisted, they can get the degree while being an NJROTC instructor. They have That's a timeline. Correct. They have a window that they have to you know, finish that qualification. Right. I, I, I think it's like five years. I, I don't remember. And I, I think unless they changed it, I think it was also true for, uh, for the LDOs. You have five years for chief, chief warrant officers and, and LDOs, but pretty much most of us already, I mean, I came with a master's, so I didn't have to worry about it, Yeah. but I still do that other certification uh, for, for my, my teaching certification. And yeah. Then, that's amazing. Uh, Cause like we, I said, we we're just talking about it downstairs in the kitchen just earlier. And we're like, I wonder what do you got to have? You know, me and Nikki were just spitballing it. And we're like, what? I was like, well, I, I would think you got to have some kind of like, you know, teaching degree or educational, you know, general education degree going into it. But I was like, but I don't know. I was like, I'm definitely going to be asking Lou about it because like I said, I think it's one of those things that I don't know how often people think of it. Um, and, and then I guess the next question is because what are the, the, pay benefits right without having to go into your own details um i mean like because i've been i've done research online and it it looks and reads like it's one thing but i have uh, you know before meeting you and asking you now i wasn't sure if it was that right so the what i read sounded like you retain most of your active duty pay and benefits when you are an instructor is that somewhat true or or a little little broad well, it, it's true. Uh, I know it's complicated when you read it. Probably an LS put it together or a DK. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go there, man. It's, no, all, it's all good. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but it's the thing. Pretty much that when people ask me is on your LES on the left side, whatever you're getting, right, is eventually that's what you'll get paid. The same as you're on active duty. Now, how does that work? Now, say, for example, with all your allowances and everything, let's just say just mathematical ease, you get you get ten thousand a month, right? And then uh, when you retire, you get fifty percent. So out of ten thousand, you get five thousand for your retirement for life, right? Yep. The remaining yep. five thousand, it's it, uh, you're going to get. And the way it'll, get, it'll happen, twenty five hundred will be paid by the school. The other twenty five hundred will be paid by, by the Navy, right? So you're pretty much uh, uh, you know you're getting the same thing as as uh, you're on active duty which is a pretty good deal. And if you retire in a place like San Diego, Hawaii, somewhere is expensive and they got cola and it's not a bad deal. Now, if you're in Alabama, Florida, Texas, especially Florida where, where there's no cola, uh, you're going to be sucking. So, so it's, they, they bring you up a hundred percent to your previous base pay. Right. 
So it, it's your retirement. Okay. Yeah, still for LS. I know the people think we do math. We don't. Okay. We count. <laughs> <laughs> we just count. It's not math, people. Yeah, that's not bad. It, it's not. It's not. I mean, they're looking to change it up to more like a government scale because uh, they're trying to cut back because the majority of the, the NGRLTC budget, uh, probably about 70, 80% of it is instructor pay. You know, and they're trying to figure out how to, they're planning to revamp it. Now, when they're going to revamp it, I don't think it's any time in my lifetime, but they're planning, they are planning to revamp it. To, to, I think, I think along the bands like GS one, two, three, four type of thing. Uh, but that's just hearsay. I don't know for sure, but they, I know they are talking about uh, to be uh, relook at it. What do you think? Um, like you say, you don't think that happened maybe during, during your lifetime there, but I think you got a lot of life left Lou, but, um, what what, what what do you think uh, those scales would look like? What like for your position? What what would you say is GS equivalent? And that's a good question. I don't know. You know, if you ask me, I'm just going to pull out of the air and say like a GS thirteen, fourteen, you know, uh, eight, nine, or ten. You know, something is going to give me about eighty k a year. Yeah. You know, no no, that's not bad. I mean, for Hawaii, I don't know if that's enough, but it's yeah, not bad. What? Yeah, people say, oh, you you get paid a lot of money, huh? I said, no, Brad, I don't get paid any money. <laughs> I got to work five jobs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to some of them out there, I'm sure it is a lot. But, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, Hawaii is expensive, as we all know. But, and it's um, getting expensive, bro. Yeah, yeah. I could, I, I hear. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. But out here, 80K, I mean, yeah, San Diego, people are like, oh, man, 80K is not enough. 80K, though, that's not bad. You know, you know in, in a dual-income family, if I if I could bring home eighty k, you know after taxes, even before taxes, I'm doing my I'm doing my my half, right. you know. Um, yeah, that that's not too bad. That's not too bad. So, uh, what else you got about NJROTC? Well, it's a fun. I mean, I enjoy the crap out of it. I really, really do. I mean, I love the kids as as if they're my own kids. You know, I care for them the same way. They get scolded. You know, if they need to, they get hugs if they need to. You know, I've got no problem either or a hug or a boot in the ass. Uh, and they understand. And they understand, you know, and that never some heartburn or whatever. Because the, And I know this because when they graduate and they go wherever, I've flown, I have flown back to academies for their graduation. I've flown one. If you listen to the, the, the Saber Battalion podcast, I think it's number three with uh, Captain Raimundo. He used to be a student, man. I went back to his graduation from OCS. And I was one of the only part of the commissioning. I, 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 I swore him into the Marine Corps. Uh, I was, just, that was just, I was going to ask that. Have you had any like big success stories? And I, I'm sure every, every kid that, you know, ends up joining is a success story, but has there been any that have stuck out in your mind where it's just like, maybe it was that, you know, knucklehead in there, not getting it totally, you know, and, and then now they're just, you know, they're that captain or Lieutenant, yeah, I say captain, not Navy captain, but, you know, I don't think there's enough time. You ain't been doing it that long, right, where where you have a Navy captain yet? No, not yet, not yet. But I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for their kids to come through. I say, yeah, my mom. <laughs> what? I got stories for you. I'll just make up shit. <laughs> <laughs> I will. But, yeah, we, th- those stories, yeah, they're, in fact, one popped into my head. There's one guy, going to mention his name, but he's a great kid, man. He's a great kid. So he was uh, he was interested in Navy Drill to see, but it was too late to sign up because it was in the middle of the year. 
So I said, oh, you, you can hang out with us. You can let drill and stuff. And he did. He was motivated and everything. So I, I, I issued him a uniform. I mean, he wasn't getting credit or anything, but he went. So he's doing great freshman year, sophomore. He was doing pretty good. Junior year, just like, I don't know, he just turned into a chucklehead. You know, he was talking about going SEALs. We had the SEALs come out, do PT with the kids. And he just became total chucklehead. A senior year, same thing, wasn't doing his work, was cutting classes, I was calling his mom up. I mean, he was just being a chucklehead. In fact, him and another chucklehead were trying to get me fired, you know? And I said that to this day when I see him. I said, you kidding me? And when I bring up the story, I said, didn't you try to get me fired? And they get him, uh, you know, because I, I have a dress code. Right. You know, I, I can't deal. You come into school in freaking flip-flops, shorts, and T-shirt. That doesn't work for me. So the kids in civilian clothes, they got a uh, pants, belt, uh, closed-toed shoes. The girls obviously can have sandals and stuff. And shirt tucked in. Co- shirts have to be tucked in. Either shirt, a T-shirt or a collared shirt. Must be looking sharp all the time because I want them to get in that habit looking sharp, especially when they go out to interviews or whatever. I don't want I, I don't want that to be the first time that they, they know what a belt is. So <laughs> they were all pissed off about it. So they went to the principal and the vice principal and trying to get me fired. And I just laughing. But anyway, long story short, he, uh, he, he didn't join the Navy. He joined the Marine Corps. You know, he joined the Marine Corps. And I'm like, man, I wish I were a fly on the wall when he walks up <laughs> there and MCRD in San Diego, you know. But uh, he came back from boot camp. He flew in the following day. He came to me. And I said, yo, what's up? He goes, hey, Mr. C, how you doing? Hey, uh, can I come in? Hey, sure, come on in, bro. So I said, he goes, hey, first I want to apologize for being, he goes, being a chucklehead and an asshole. Uh, I apologize. I'm sorry I gave you a hard time to do what I was supposed to. Hey, man, it's all good. Don't worry about it. And he gave me a hug. You know, and he said, thank you for taking care of me. And he goes, can I talk to the kids? Goes, By all means. So I tell the kids, hey, you know, listen to Mr. C. He's telling you, he's, he's, he's not lying to you. You know, he's telling you that life after high school is tough. And a lot of kids that do come back do that. They want to talk to the kids. But the one Marine came back. He's doing very well. He got out of the Corps. He, was an in, he went to the intel field in the Marines. He got out. And the last time uh, him and I chatted, he was in Arizona. He got some uh, government gig. Working with them, security type of things. I don't know if home, uh, homeland or what, but he didn't say. But he's doing great. He's doing great. We keep in touch. In fact, his niece is in the unit. This is her second or third year. Oh wow. Okay, so a little bit of legacy stuff going on there with that family, then, huh? Yeah, we got we got tons of them. We got brothers and sisters. Yeah. They come in you know, like the former XO. In fact, the first podcast we did with Isabel, her brother was in the unit. You know, and I'll ask her, why JROTC? And she tells, oh, you know, one, my dad wanted me to join. Two, my brother was in the unit. And uh, she was a quiet kid, and I created a monster. Now she just, she's running all over the place doing great things. And she was the CO. She was one of our, our, our commanding officers. And she did great. Now she's chief of staff because another CO moved in. We, we do change, change of commands twice a year in, in August and in, in September. August and in January. But, yeah, well, I got tons of stories of, you know, kids going out, doing great things, coming back or inviting me. Hey, Mr. C, can you make it out to graduation? You know, c- can you make it out? Uh, can you commission me? Oh, I can't. They'll come out and they'll redo the, the, the commission ceremony just so I can salute them and they give me a coin. Are are a lot of them going officer? Because I know it's the, the, what is it, the National Junior, uh, what is it, National, what does it stand for, NJROCC? I always forget. Navy. 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 Navy Junior Reserve Officer Training Corps. So it's a, it's a high school ver- version of a college one. The college, NJROTC has no no uh, military obligation. Right. None whatsoever. 
but ROTC in the college, there's payback. Right. You, know, if you, do, you know, it's just like being in high school, you got to do your college stuff, but you also have to do the Naval Science stuff with the ROTC unit. And then after you're done, depending on, on what job, uh, MOS or job that you take, uh, obligated service, right now everybody's eight years anyway. Um, and, you, and you go from there, surface warfare, subs, yeah. uh, spec yeah. op, whatever it is. Uh, and, and you go that route, but uh, ROTCs at the college level is uh, that that is know. officer that is officer transition. Do a lot yes. of your students go for the JROTC again? Connecting the dots, or do some of them they just take what they got from you and your other instructors and they're enlisting? Is there is there a fair balance of it, or do most of them go the officer route? More go enlisted route. More go enlisted route. Okay. And it's funny, the ones that give me a hard time and uh, they don't like all the pressure I put on them, they join the Marine Corps and I can't figure that one out. <laughs> and, I, and I tell them, I say, if you can deal with me, you can deal with anything like, I guarantee you, because I put so much pressure. You know, and it's funny, I just thought of something because in one of your, in one of your episodes, you're talking about uh, Navy boot camp. It's uh, everybody was saying, they're coming back and saying it was too easy. Mm-hmm. I think podcast it might have been the 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 the, the raunchy ass thing <laughs> but uh i remember we, uh, every year we try to do what we do except for this year uh, blt blt is basic leadership training it pretty much is a three to four day boot camp with the kids right so that we put them through the thing wake up in the morning we have reveille zero 400 sweepers breakfast or pt and, and we put them through, through the whole thing to about 10 o'clock at night straight for about four days Right. And they love it. Weird kids. They love it. And then, uh, you know, they'll join the military, Air Force, Navy, exception of Marine Corps and Army. And they'll say it was harder. Those boot camp, uh, my BLT was a lot harder than Navy or Air Force boot camp. Yeah. What you're talking about, I I brought up was something I get junior sailors asking me or or when I talk to them. Right. Kind of, you know, you always go with one of those, like, why'd you join kind of questions. Right. right? And um, you, you, Often here with most, most, you know, young, young adults in the military, uh, for college, for traveling, for all these other reasons, you seldomly hear, you know, for the defense of the constitution or for defense of the country. Right. Which, Hey, you know, I get it. Okay. Travel all that good. I'm not knocking why you travel, why you join, but you need to remember that we are here to do a job and the job is war, you know, no matter how you want to feel about it, the job is war. And, um, but one thing that they often say, they'll say is something like after being, you know, actual active duty, they're on a ship for a year or something. They're like, I thought that this was going to be harder. They thought it was going to be either more like boot camp or more like they see in movies where the chief or someone is marching them around everywhere, telling them where to go, telling them this, telling them that. And, and I have to be like, no, man, like you're an adult here. Like, while you're here, I, I need you to do a job, and I'm going to train you to do that job, and we're going to go through that stuff. But um, when you're not here, I need you to be an adult out there on the street. You know, and, and some of them probably could have used some NJROTC with, with, you know, Mr. C, because it's things like they, they don't know the, the simple things. You know what I mean? And, and that's something I've touched on a few episodes. And it's not knocking them, you know, because I'm sure there are things that I didn't know. And there are some things I knew more of than some other. It's it's just life experiences that some kids go through and some kids don't. And it's an expectation that they have coming into boot camp, uh, especially when many of them don't have any kind of military, you know, like, hey, um, 
anyone in your family ever been military or anything? They're like, nope, no one, not ever. I'm the first one. And it's like, okay, you know, so you have your only concept of military is the movies. And that's not a good place to go for your, you know, <laughs> what the military is supposed to be like, right? Like everything's not Navy SEALs and, and Tom Cruise, right? Like that's not how it is. Full metal jacket. <laughs> or, or yeah, or full metal jacket, right? Which, I mean, the worst of great movie, but probably the worst example uh, back then it probably worked, but no, I'm not going to have you choking yourself. Like that's not what's going on here. I need you to not choke yourself. I need you to go get the dustpan and do some sweepers. Like that's all I need you to do, <laughs> you know? So, um, the, the, the NJROTC thing is awesome. I want to ask you, you know, if you want to divulge a little bit, your own legacy, you mentioned commissioning your daughter, Nikki, my wife's best friend, right? Um, how has that been watching her grow into her own officer role and leadership? You know, you, you did get to commission her, right? So, like, how, how much of a proud dad has that made you, you know, from that father uh, aspect of it? Yeah, it's it's just amazing to see this little uh, child, because I was there when she was born, you know, when uh, her mom gave birth, her mom didn't speak no English, so I spoke Japanese, so they gave her the you know, the local shot in the, in the in the spine, you know, and they did a C-section. Like, wow, this is cool, man. So they let me watch the whole surgery and everything and the baby coming out. Like, wow. And I used to hate kids. You know, I thought kids were, <laughs> as long as you can give them back, all right? You can hold, hang out with an hour or two and say, you can take your kid back. But when my daughter was born, it was a totally different animal. It was like, I fell in love. I fell yeah. in love. Stole my heart. With that first cry, and ever since then, she's she's my little girl. I mean, you mess with her, you're messing with dad. I don't care how old I, <laughs> I mess with you, I will kick their ass, and that's why I'm learning how to shoot long, long range rifle. But anyway, <laughs> you know, watching her grow through that, and, and the, the the times we shared together, you know, and then she was, uh, you know, she went to HPU for nursing, and then she said she wanted to join the Navy. I said, Why are you joining the Navy? Don't join the Navy because I was in the Navy. Live your own life. Yeah. You know, but she goes dead. That, that, that's all I know. You know, I said, you sure you want to do the Navy? Yeah, I, I, I want to do it. I said, all right. So, you want me to help you get ready, please? Well, sure enough. I ask her, ask her and talk. They said, uh, did, you, did your dad make you learn the 11 general orders of the century and write them? And he gave you a copy of, of the Blue Jackets manual? Ask her. You know, took her out to the pool, do the survival thing with the pants and all that. Did, yeah. taught her, you know, and uh, she did well. And I remember her. You know, I guess a certain time, you know, when they go to Ensign to, to JG, they talk to their career counselor or officer uh, counselor or whatever for them. And they asked them, you know, are you planning to stay in the Navy and all that? She goes, yeah, that's all I know. And then she told them a story, you know, when I decided to join the Navy, my dad got me Blue, Mac, uh, Blue Jackets manual and made me learn the 11 general laws of the century. <laughs> that's cool. That's you know, awesome. So, you know, and, and then and, she. Oh, I'm sorry. Right? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, and then she goes through that and then she commissions Nikki. Yeah. You know? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. That that's awesome that, um, she got to commission Nikki. I was there also for Nikki's, uh, for her pinning for that. And, uh, that was super cool. I, I didn't know you at the time, uh, or anything, you know, and, and I just think it's cool now, you know, Nikki having her own family legacy of service. And right. I just think it's so cool that she's had a best friend like Christina and then how they both have fathers that have this legacy of Navy service and they've been able to share, they shared it with each other for a while. And then 
you know, it's kind of like you, your family passing some of your legacy over and sharing it with Nikki's family through the commissionings and everything. And it's just, it, it's awesome. I think it's been uh, beautiful. And, um, you know, uh, that's it, man. I, I think that's all I got for you, Lou. I, I think, uh, I, I don't got any more questions about it. If there's anything else you'd like to share, like, please go ahead. I'm, I'm not trying to cut you off, but I mean, I think that's, that answers a lot of my questions about NJROTC. I hope for anyone listening that has, that hasn't thought about it can now think about it as something to do in the future. Um, because from what it sounds like, it sounds like it's an awesome program, um, to continue to give back in, in a, in a better way than most, you know, right. and like I said, I love the program because I, I'm with the kids and I have a hand and preparing these these young leaders for life after high school, our future leaders. You know, they'll tell you, you talk to my kids, uh, we have very high standards academically and in, in everything we do, right? So I want them to be mentally tough. That's why I put a lot of pressure on them. And I put a lot of pressure on them because I want them to fail. And I don't mean fail like get an F in class. And I yeah. want them to make the mistakes. I want them to, to set goals and not make them. So some things, that, taskers that I give them, they're unrealistic. But I want to see if they try. And if they try, you know, coach, hey, man, you got this piece of cake, easy day. Screw that, man. Keep going. You know, keep going. Don't give up, you know, be a PT or whatever. And uh, if they screw up, you know, then I, and I'm there to help them get up. I mean, not physically, but I said, you man, you got this. Get up there. And they'll, they'll move forward. Oh, I want to quit. This sucks. No, it sucks even worse if you go out there and you're not ready. You know, life is hard. It's even harder if you're stupid, you know. <laughs> so and I push them. You know, and that they, they do come back and say thank you because they got that mental toughness, you know. And I tell them, when you get out, the, out there, nobody's going to give a crap about you. Yeah, I push you hard. It's not that I, I hate you. It's that I want you to go out there and succeed, you know. Anybody offends you, whatever, let it let it brush off like, like water off a duck's ass. Keep moving forward. You know, you don't know an explanation or whatever. You go out there and you live the life the way you want to live it. And if you screw up, you keep going. And I give them examples, you know, the podcast, I told them I, I, I'm using them as them to build my self-confidence to do a podcast outside of the school. And then they'll say, why, Mr. Seekers? I, I think my voice sucks. It's nothing sexy. You know, <laughs> Until I heard yours. I said, man, that, that, that man sounds sexy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a bromance moment. No, anyway. not at all. My, I, you know, um, actually, that, that's good. You know, we don't got rap. That's um, I, I t- it took me two years. Did it, and and I tell people this. I, I'm sorry if I'm sharing this again on the podcast, but um, like Nikki knows it, and people that I worked with at my previous command before I'm, where I'm at now, I was talking about a podcast for two years, right? About like, yeah, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast, and, and things people would often say would be like, about what? I'm, I don't know. Who says it has to be about anything? The right. biggest podcast in the world, the Joe Rogan Experience, right? Can you tell me what it's about? No, it's different things. That's the neat it, thing. Yeah, about it. it's about whoever he has on for the day. And sometimes, you know, the comedians, sometimes they're, you know, smart people. Sometimes they're MMA fighters. Sometimes they're up and coming, whatever. And he just talks to them. And, and really, it's just about their experiences, their life, uh, their profession, their this, their that. I was like, it's not about one thing. You know, it's just a no. conversation. And it's the largest podcast in the world. And I, I look up to. I don't know Joe Rogan. I'll fucking never meet him. But I look up to what he's been able to do with that and how, how cool it is just to have that conversation about stuff and open and freely. 
and just for two, three hours. So yes, I, I try to model myself around that because it's one of those that, you know, you want to be successful, hang around with successful people, you know, watch how, how, what are they doing? How are they moving? What are, you know, things like that. So yeah, I'm, you can say I'm trying to copy them in my own way, you know, with my own twist and stuff. But, um, it took me two years because I thought the same thing is like, I, I hate my voice. Right? I, 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 you know, I'm like, I was like, I don't think I sound good. Like if I hear myself like on a, on, on leaving a message, right? You call someone, you leave a message and then I hear Nikki playing it back. And then I'm like, Oh, was that me? I was like, hold on. Right. When, when we were dating and you, we would talk on the phone. You were like, I want, I want to talk to this guy. Like I was like, cause my voice does not sound, you know, it, it is not very white or something, you know, on the mic, you know, but, um, so it took me a long time to finally just be like, ah, I just need to do it. I just need to do it. And so I, I had the equipment. I had everything. It sat, I'd break, I'd broken it out a couple of times and recorded a couple like, you know, test, you right. know, um, podcasts that never went anywhere. You know, they're just sitting on a SD card somewhere. And, um, and I did it with a couple of friends and this and that, and that I'd stop. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then finally I was just like, man, I need to stop bullshitting. Right. And I just like, I had episodes and I was like, I'm uploading one right now. I'm doing it. And I did it. And you know, the, the, we were making a joke the other day. It was like, now I'm 18 episodes or 19 episodes strong. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, it's just 19, but you know, it, it's, it's fun. I, I enjoy it because yeah, people would be like, well, you like to talk. I go, eh, it's more than that. I was like, yes, I do like to talk, but I like to have a conversation. A conversation right. is, is two parts, right? We know it's talking, but it's also listening. And more importantly, a lot of times it's listening and allowing the other person to talk and having the back and forth enough where, where you're not overpowering the conversation or anything. So I was like, I, I love conversation because you can learn about people. You learn about something. So, right. you know, that's, that's what, what, uh, why I'm doing mine. And I think you're probably some is, you know, going along the same way. It, it's, I'd say, you know, my two cents of what it's worth, uh, don't get stuck on the topic or, or what it's going to be about. Just, just hit that record button, just hit publish. Right. And and whatever happens is going to happen. You know, it's like, there's been some people that have been like, you know, Oh, I didn't like that episode. All right, cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Did you listen? It's like, but did you listen? Oh, you did. Okay. Listen to the next one too. It's chill. You know, the thing is, once Chris, because I, I got two setups, I got one here in the home, right? I've got, the, I think, the same one as you do, the, the, uh, the road. Yep. Roadcaster. Yep. So, I got, in fact, I'm using it now. This first time I really use it. So, I'm recording. I'm doing all sorts of stuff right now. I'm recording off the roadcast, roadcaster. I'm recording off a, gar, a garage band. I'm also recording on OBS, the broadcasting. Uh, okay. Uh, right. So, I'll play with it and I'll share that with you. And I'm doing it more so I can learn. Okay, yeah. but I started doing it at the school because I wanted the kids to learn. And I wanted them to be part of my journey, you know. And we started. Hey, well, you know, I did one with with uh, Isabel, and uh, they liked it. He said, "Well, it seems like you like it. Uh, you want to keep you want to keep doing it. And we, uh, you know, we'll trade off. I'll do some. You guys do. Some. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, what do you like? Who who do you want to get on here? You know, who who do you want me to interview and just ask questions, whatever? So they gave me a couple of teachers, and they said the principal, and I said, you know, the principal loves us. 
So sure enough, and uh, you know, go on our page. What I did this today is I had Principal Lee on there, and I had all the questions. You know, so I don't waste his time because the kids want to know about COVID. What is the plan for next year? What's planned for seniors? You know, how we handle this, scheduling this, that. And the kids had valid questions and the principal had answers, but I didn't want to like um, surprise him. I want to make sure he had the, all the information yeah. so he could give solid answers to the kids because he's just an amazing, amazing man. He's a great leader. And, you know, every, you know anybody in leadership, they, they do put up with a lot of BS, you know, but, you know, it, that, that's leadership. So the kids said, you know, Principal Lee, we want to ask them that, sure, we get them on there and then we're going to get another teacher. So the kids inspire me. So I sent a picture of Christy of the setup I had at school with a Behringer. I have a Behringer uh, mixer, I have a compressor with a gate and, and uh, audio interface. And I'm having fun. I'm doing all stuff uh, because I got bored in COVID. I even went back to DJ and I've got a little DJ mixing thing behind me in the table. So, you know, I'll, I'll make some, some salsa, some Spanish music and stuff like that. So I sent the stuff to, to my daughter and she goes, I guess she sent it to Nikki. Yeah, and then yeah. Nikki said, what? He's got it. So Christy sent me the, uh, uh, your, your page. I said, what? So I started listening and said, man, this guy's pretty cool. I mean, he's great. <laughs> because you're talking to yourself. I tried to do one by myself and I'll go on tangents because I'm old. I'll go on one thing. And then I'll start arguing with myself. I call myself, I'm going, where the fuck are you arguing with yourself? You just like, Damn thing, you know? And I, and I just said, no, I'd rather talk to somebody because uh, the conversation, you can lead a certain way or another based on what they say. Yeah. I mean, you, we, like, we've been going over, what, over an just, hour? Yeah, just over an hour, yeah. And we're going on, we talk about Gerald TC. Now we're talking about the podcasting and stuff like that. So, you know, you, you inspire me just by me listening to yours. You know, I've listened to Joe Rogan a little bit and he's real good at what he does. He does the podcast, but he also does video. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is great. That's what I did today with the principal, you know, yeah. and look at it and, uh, you know, and, and give me some feedback, what you think. But I want to, I want to think outside the box or push myself outside the box. And I want the kids to be part of my journey so they can say, Hey, Mr. C did this. I can do this too. You know, well, yeah. I'm going to step up. Mr. C was scared of doing something. He went and did this. I, I should be scared to do what it is what I want to do. You know, and if I'm going to talk to talk, I got to walk the walk, you know, yeah. and I think with these kids because they mean the world to me. They really do. I love them to death. I think the hardest thing for me is when they graduate. You know, it's like having your own kids leave the house. Yeah. I hate it. I get emotional. It sucks. But, you know, seeing them go out there and spread them wings and come back. Hey, Mr. C, you know, and they got families, you know, they got kids. I say, oh, my God, how long you been gone? Oh, you know, I'm 30 something now. Damn, you just graduated. Oh, no, sir. We graduated, <laughs> we graduated a long time ago now. 2009 to 2007. I said, damn. Yeah. You know, and it's just uh, and then you start realizing that uh, time does fly. You know, they're getting older, but shoot, so am I. Yeah. But I mean, if you're still feeling fun or, or feeling young and having fun. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, it, 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 I mean, you look good for however old you are. You look like you're fresh and ready to go. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. you got to be having fun, right? I take my Geritol mix with a little Viagra. <laughs> it, it keeps me rocking and rolling. But yeah, life's too short. Yeah, it is. It really is. You know, you know, Christina, we've gone through a lot of, you know, we lost my mom back in September. So we we're dealing with those feelings and stuff. I couldn't go home because of COVID, you know, so you start realizing your own mortality, yeah. you know, yeah. and I said, you know, screw this shit. I'm not going to sit here and mope around. That's not what mommy wants. You know, my mom wanted me to go out there and continue conquering the world because when we saw her, we did the commissioning, Christie's commission to Lieutenant Commander. We flew back uh, before COVID September and we did 
you know, since mom didn't want to go anywhere, we went back to Jersey and had mom and my dad uh, pin her. Oh, that's awesome. And that's that was cool. like the greatest thing. It was just great. That's I saw mom. Cool. Those are the last, the, that was the last time I saw my mom alive and she, she touched me in her heart. And she goes, you're a good man, you know, and I'll always carry that with me. You know, my mom says she, she's proud of me. She knows I've done well because she touched my heart, the chest. And she goes, you're a good man. And I think I love your mom. And she goes, I love you too. You know, so I'll always remember that Christy was there. So we have special moments. So if we try not to uh, dwell too much on it. We miss on it, but we realize that, you know, life's too short. Yeah. Got to go out and grab the bullet horns and do things we want to do. And I'm going to, you know, once we get back to traveling, I travel, you know, I don't know if Christy told you, I'm a big second amendment advocate. Yeah. I, can know, tell. I, go, I go shooting whenever I can. Yeah. You know, I go to Nevada and, uh, you know, shoot uh, the long guns, the AR 308 and then the pistols and stuff. There's not too much here at, at, in Hawaii that I can do. But I go out there and I shoot and I just have fun. I mean, doesn't make me a mass murderer. I'm not a terrorist because <laughs> I'm a supporter. So I'm a big uh, uh, advocate for that and a lot of other things. Even if I don't like it, it's you know stuff like that is, is our rights. So I push that and then if I like doing it, shit, I'm going to do it. And if I like it, I'm going to keep doing it again. You know, and nobody, the government, anything, any dumbass that wants to make laws to keep me from doing my rights or, or whatever, you know, I get all pissed off and it pisses me even more. So I want to do it more. What kind of uh, long rifle do you got for you for your uh, precision? Uh, the three hundred eight, the Mossberg uh, uh, three hundred eight. Okay, I got a uh, Ruger, the Ruger precision rifle. Uh-huh. I, I got one of those that I picked up last year. I got it. Uh, it's chambered in a six and a half Creedmoor, though. Oh Which, yeah, I just I wanted to get the Creedmoor. Yeah. I wanted to get the, but the thing here, you can shoot long range down here at uh, Pualoa. That's the Marine Corps range. Yep. right down. Yep. But you can't go anything over a three hundred eight. Supposedly the, the six point five Creedmoor is uh, you can't you can't use it on that. There has to be three hundred eight or less. And I said, wait a minute, six and a half is smaller. I think it's just faster. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, they say they say you can't. So I, I ended up getting the three hundred eight. Uh, but I love it. And then, then I thought it was real cool. I took the long range class. I went up to, to front sight out in Nevada. I said, man, I'm going to take the class long range. So I'm figuring it's just, you know, learning how to do long range, read wind, humidity and all that stuff, man, carrying this damn rifle, you know, cause you've got to shoot standing up at the, at the, at fit 25, 50, you go all the way up to 450. And I'm holding this thing and it was killing me. I said, you dumbass, Why didn't you? Cause I saw the people bringing in the ARs, oh, you know, AR is yeah. nothing, man. I thought, yeah. I bought my, I got my, my M4 and I, I you know, I could have just done, done that. And I said, screw, screw it. But I still had fun. I, I mean, uh, I got up to 250. I was, I was hit, get hit, I hit the paper real good. After that, uh, I, I was hitting somebody else's target. <laughs> yeah. Once they said once the COVID stuff chills out, I want to, there's a couple of ranges not too far north of here that I want to get into. But I mean, I still like, I have the rifle, but in full disclosure, I don't even have a proper site for it because the proper sites for those, I mean, if I if I get a good sight that I'm looking at, it's going to cost twice as much as the rifle did easily. Right. Well, the, you got to get whatever you need. I'll send you the stuff, my notes from uh, the slides from the class I went for long range. Yeah. And you have to get the, the big scope. I mean, I've got a, a large scope on it. Then figure it out later. You know, I don't need that because um, you don't have to zoom it up all the way. A lot of people think you got to zoom up you know, all the way up to, to your target. No, you miss no. too much. Yeah. You got to back it off a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, I learned that while I was in the class. And then when I was in uh, my AR, I forgot which one I got. I got a smaller one 
you know, it cost me a hundred and something. It's a, it's a vortex. All my scopes are vortex. Oh yeah. Red oh, yeah. Good brand. So I use that. So, you know, I start learning how to use it. There's the sighted in, they are sighted for 50 and the 380 sighted for 100. Um, but, uh, you know, you get to learn all that stuff and play around. And out here, you know, the, the guys that I shoot with out here, when, uh, when they do classes, they teach you a lot. You know, they teach you a lot because you pick up bad habits. Yeah. You go out there, you know, and, you know, you're wondering you're, you're at, at, at 10 yards, why the hell are you missing the target? <laughs> <laughs> Open your eyes, man. Open your eyes. You know, so it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I can't wait till it lifts so I can go shoot and, and release release uh, pressure. Yep. Well, Lou, I think that's all I got for you tonight. Uh, thanks for joining us. And um, I appreciate your words. Your words are very humbling saying that I inspire you. Um, those are always the, the kindest compliments to think that I'm having any kind of in, uh, impact on anyone else. So I appreciate you very much for that. Again, thanks for stopping by uh, the podcast and giving me some of your time and lending it. And, um, you know, good luck to you and your, your other instructors and those kids out there and everything they do uh, for the future. I appreciate it. All right, brother. Thanks a lot. Give my love to the family. Behave. <laughs> we'll do. Um, appreciate it. All right, brother. You take care. God bless. God bless. Thanks. For more information on how you can support the podcast, please visit anchor.fm backslash Bravo Zulu podcast. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of Joshua Moore and the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent the DOD, DON, or those of the respected institutions or organizations. Thanks for joining us.